Hey everyone, uh, this is Will Hobson. I'm on the road. Uh, this is the Oregon Libertarian Podcast. I'm driving right now through a uh, wet, uh, dark, rainy Gresham. Uh, hopefully my voice is coming into the mic uh, good enough to be listenable, but uh, might have to call this kind of a short show today. Uh, just uh, due to being preoccupied. Um, I don't think I have a co-host, so uh, I'm going to take some calls really quick, and uh, yeah, if you guys want to talk about the election, let me know. One second. Had a couple too many things happen today, and I'm uh, usually home by this point of the day. Let me go to... Oh yeah, here's your co-host here. <laughs> here's your co-host here. Oh hey Peter. <laughs> hey man, uh, no yeah, worries. Uh, no worries. Yeah, I uh, the the wife uh, had her laptop, I guess, like uh, crap out, and uh, she wanted me to kind of combine errands, so that's why I'm still kind of out and about, and I got to go pick her up from the computer store in Gresham. So, um, yeah, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. You might have to mute yeah, uh, the, your mic. Um, just when I'm talking, and then we'll kind of go back and forth. We'll figure it out. But uh, glad to have uh, the listeners here. Yeah, it's been a pretty rough election uh, for the Libertarian Party in Oregon, at least. I know nationally we had a couple people that got city council seats. We got a mayor in Colorado. There were a number of local wins that were that are great to see. Um, it's I thought it was pretty cool to see, even though I'm not a huge fan of his politics, uh, Chase Oliver, he did force a runoff in Georgia, which I think a lot of people have the wrong idea about that. I mean, he clearly pulled more from the Democrats. Like anyone who thinks that he pulled more votes from the Republicans has never met Chase Oliver or has no idea who he is. So. I think it's definitely clear to say that was caused by uh, definitely caused a runoff and probably took more votes for the Democrats. I don't know if you had anything on what I talked about so far. Nah, uh, I haven't said anything else. Why don't you, why don't you go ahead and uh, carry us a little bit this episode? <laughs> Sorry, I've got to pick up my wife here in a few minutes. So, yeah, no worries. Um, if anybody wants to jump into the queue. Uh, and chat about the election with me. Um, I'm sure Will would be happy to uh, promote you to a speaker, unless we can only take one caller at a time. I'm not sure. But Lori, I see you out there. You want to you want to talk about the election? Anyways, so yeah, it's uh, pretty rough, um, especially Measure uh, 114, uh, which, as a lot of people know. Uh, Definitely increased uh, background checks and, more importantly, made magazines that carry more than 10 rounds um, illegal in the state of Oregon. So people have been rushing to gun stores uh, all across this great state to buy everything, all the extended magazines that they could find. Um, we, I, we have heard in a couple cases that there's been some good constitutional sheriffs that uh, are not going to respect this. Like I know specifically in Lynn County. I saw that uh, at least parts of this are not going to be enforced. So that's good to hear. Hopefully a couple more 
uh, county sheriffs uh, kind of get that idea and uh, we can maybe do some constitutional sheriff resisting there. I really do hope that this will go to the Oregon Supreme Court is obviously, I mean, all gun, uh, all gun control is unconstitutional, but this pretty specifically is unconstitutional. I think we now have one of the more strict gun control uh, systems in our state and really the whole country now at this point. So it's unfortunate to see um, a less unpopular, but I still think concerning one that passed was if you have a number of unexcused absences, like in the state house, they can bar you from running for reelection. And what a lot of people didn't really, I don't know, maybe I was, I think a lot of people probably thought about this, but we're really, the first thing that jumped to my mind was, uh, I mean, they barred a ton of people from entering the state house that weren't vaccinated against COVID-19. So I feel like this might be a loophole if they ever try to pull stuff like that again, um, have come out with like some vaccine that no one wants to take or other, some other crazy rule based on um, some public health emergency. And they could basically just prevent people that don't want to do it from like being state representatives or state senators. So that, that's kind of scary. So we should keep an eye out for that. Trying to remember what the other ones that were really disappointing was. Yeah, I didn't really know how to feel about the the language um, allowing slavery and voluntary servitude as a criminal punishments. I just wasn't really sure about that. I guess a lot of Oregon also wasn't sure about that because it really didn't pass by that much of a margin. I think there's just that language was really undescriptive and a, a bit confusing, but. Let me see what else. I feel like there's one that I missed. Uh, okay, so yeah, I guess we're just getting government uh, more involved in healthcare. So that's great. That's what we all want, um, especially since the Oregon Health Authority had no authority to enforce all other COVID restrictions that they did these past two years. So um, sad to see that as well. Um, just really not that much to be happy about as an Oregonian uh, this year. Well, I guess for this election specifically. Um, it was sad to see that Leon did not give, did not get that many votes. I think he ended up with about 0.3% of the vote. That was disappointing to see. Uh, hopefully we can get our, our next governor candidate, um, a ballot statement out on the, on the voter's guide and maybe we can hopefully, and whether it's Leon or somebody else, um, Maybe maybe Leon again if he wants to run again. Uh, hopefully we can get his name out there a little bit more. Um, I got. I'm not gonna lie. I did not really see how Shira did in her race. I hope that she did. Uh, she did she did well and got a good percentage. Um, I have been crazy busy to be honest. Sorry, I've been traveling for work a bunch the last two weeks, so I'm trying to catch up on everything. Let me think what else is uh, going on here. It looks like uh, Blake Masters probably is not going to win his election in the Senate, which is unfortunate, uh, especially since um, our libertarian candidate uh, dropped out in order to 
endorsed him, which I think I still stand by, uh, I think was a smart move to do. I think that, and I am speaking as an individual, as part of the Libertarian Party of Oregon, not any office that I hold uh, in the state organization. Although I will say as a state organizer, this is not also not an official endorsement of by the Mises Caucus of Oregon, but I really think that Dave Smith has a lot right when he talks about the ability to use the Libertarian Party as a weapon against the establishment. And I think maybe this is something we can get into more uh, when we have uh, Will on again, and maybe just kind of in future calls, hoping to uh, maybe talk about this idea a bit more, because I know a lot of people are kind of split on it, but... Peter, if you could uh, promote yourself to speaker, uh, that would be great. And then we can start taking calls. Oh, there you are. Cool. Uh, I just need a couple more minutes. Uh, I can start talking a little bit more freely. Sure. Uh, I will uh, keep the, the water treading until then. And yeah, maybe I guess we can hold that topic until uh, until you get back. Um, what else? What else happened that was crazy? Oh yeah, there was that crazy stuff going on with the election machines in Arizona that I don't really know what to think of. I guess we'll kind of hear more about it. But there was a, these videos floating around Twitter where people just like twenty five percent of the time the voting tabulation tabulators just wouldn't tabulate correctly, and they would just have to take the ballot and just put it aside. Which I guess in for Oregonians didn't sound that weird since all of our ballots are mail-in, but to the rest of the country sounds pretty goddamn weird because, I don't know, uh, I'm an anarchist, don't have a lot of faith in the electoral system in general, and especially don't have a lot of faith in the any mail-in system that is being used at a state or really any level, um, at least if you're at the poll. And you can see that you're casting the vote for who you think you're casting it for. Then that to me that seems a little bit more secure. And obviously, I mean, I got in an argument with my coworker about this when I was in Chicago. I was I just making the joke that oh yeah, in Oregon you can just vote as many times as you want, and uh, that's just what happens. You just got to get your hands on a, 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 enough ballots. And she kind of sneered at me and said, uh, well, you know, they check it against your name, right? And I was like, okay, well, maybe you just have a lot more faith in that system uh, than I do. But yeah, I mean, I guess I will say I did get my ballot on the, in 2020 got returned and said that uh, my signature couldn't be matched up. But I also don't know if they check that hard if you are voting for the right party. So as far as I know, uh, they look a little harder uh, when you are voting for a libertarian, as I as I am. So, yeah, I don't know. A lot going on there. But I guess you've lived in this state longer than I have, Will. How do you feel about the, the mail-in voting system? I feel like it's very convenient. Um, I, I guess I, I do like the aspect that you don't have to, like, take a day off work to go to go and vote. Um, in that regard, that's nice. You know, as someone who's kind of from the kind of the prank show where we only sorry, you need to hear a Sorry, Jimmy Dore show wanted to come in right on the exact same time I was talking. 
How uh, does he feel about mail-in voting? <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, I'm sure he probably has a lot of uh, similar opinions to me. I honestly kind of feel like I am just Jimmy Dore uh, as far as, like, intellectually, his intellectual sensibilities. And then if Jimmy Dore knew about Austrian economics, so, like, and believed it. So, (laughs) Uh, that's why I'm so happy at the Mises Caucus. But, uh, yeah, um... Yeah, again, yeah, I I like mail-in voting. It's convenient. It saves people time. But I can also see how the system can lead itself to corruption. But honestly, I could see how any type of voting system can be corrupted. Like the the Diebold machines, I I think, are... That should, there should be a lot more scrutiny on that company than it currently gets. And any time you try to bring it up, you're always... uh, you know, kind of cast as like some kind of conspiracy theorist, or you know, there, there's errors in codes all the time. Like there, there are so many different possible uh, points of you know failure for any kind of system that that we have. And saying that if you question whether the system works well, it makes you some kind of a nut is is just intellectually dishonest. There's a lot of people who could make a lot of money if they somehow. Uh, had some way of even just ever so slightly influencing the way that races could go, I don't understand why being critical and scrutinous of it is is inherently bad. Yeah, and I mean, it is always shady when every time you involve yourself with government, you just step back to the 1980s level technology. Like, I guess they just didn't realize the last, like, four decades happened and there's new stuff out there that they could be using but and we there's a long history of voter like suppression intimidation and like you know influencing that has gone on throughout american history if you go back you can find all these different historical accounts of things that were done and then saying like well now that we're in 2020 in the 2020s now everything's fine you shouldn't question it at all is is so wildly disingenuous it's it's hard to imagine <laughs> yeah i mean voter and, fraud is rampant in like every election and it's only after 2020 that you're not allowed to talk about it anymore even though 2016 everybody was saying that oh yeah the russians actually hacked our election and this one's not legitimate but... well just like you know when you know it's easy to bring up uh, counterexamples of the other side complaining about you know election fraud, like you know what happened to Al Gore in the year two thousand, you know, uh, with like hanging chads and you know like all that controversy. Like there, it, it should be a two way street, but it's uh, it's quickly becoming not once the party in power. The party in power basically always wants to make sure that you feel like the elections are legitimate and you know it's very obvious to see that they're they're biased because they're the currently the ones in power so yeah i i think free oregon's been doing a lot of interesting work uh too on this on election integrity they were helping uh tim sipple with his lawsuit with washington county uh you know in the voter data that he happened to get accidentally get his hands on and then watching them freak out is you know, it's not a for sure like oh something's going on, uh, going something's wrong going on something wrong is going on here, but it definitely makes you pause and be like, well, why do they have this visceral reaction? 
to it. You know, why are they so afraid? Uh, <laughs> and uh, they didn't really provide a great answer besides saying we have to protect this company's like uh, copyright interest. Uh, I guess with this the, the software that they were using and it was, it was pretty from a, coming from a government agency. It seemed like a pretty weak excuse. But yeah, um, yeah, I think Free Oregon is going to continue to probably do good work on that stuff with uh, you know lawsuits and. Uh, I'd like to see them. I'd like to see some more freedom of information requests. I know it's not. That's not. That that's more of a, like a federal level. But it'd be nice if we could get more. You know, I guess inquiries on the state level of what's going on. Looks like uh, Maury uh, has got something he wants to say. Okay, sure. Let's let Maury on. Go ahead and unmute Maury. Hey guys. Um. Sorry, man. I just wanted to ask, uh, Peter. Um, so the 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 slavery bit um, that that was entirely symbolic, but um, so you know, not, not really of any consequences, like as far as I can tell. But um, but I, I'm I'm kind of surprised you're squishy on it. I, I wondered if you'd sort of give me the libertarian justification. Uh, well, for the record, I'm against slavery, anti-slavery, um, but. Whenever language like that occurs, I always figure it's a loophole to something else. Uh, I mean, I just I didn't vote no on it. I just didn't vote for that one. I forgot exactly who it was, but somebody was trying to explain to me how it actually could be a loophole to them actually treating prisoners worse, which, I mean, the way that our incarceration system works in this country is just an absolute travesty, how you have, like, prison guards like encouraging like gang violence in order to keep people separated and i get upset very upset when people like make fun of like how much sexual sexual assault assault occurs like in the incarceration system it's like nobody should have to go through that like especially for most people being in there for non-violent crimes so for the record like i definitely don't want prisoners prisoners to be treated poorly i just wasn't sure that the wording in that ballot measure warranted me voting for it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I mean, for me personally, the, the inserted language that was, that was put in there, uh, really confused and muddled the waters and it made it seem like it was, uh, it's still allowed, but it's at more of the, you know, prosecution, it's at more of the discretion of the the members of the judiciary that are involved in those cases. Like it, like it was really hard to understand, and I felt like yeah, like Peter said, there were a lot of loopholes, and so I actually voted no on it. Although I'm like staunchly against slavery, but if this gets passed, and then we never, and then everyone thinks like, well, now this has been taken care of, that then we can never really. Uh, address it again and everyone will kind of go to sleep on the issue so if we want to like if we want to do this uh, at all we should do it right and then we don't have to come back and address it again and I mean like anyone who is arrested for something that we don't consider a crime which is most things that people get arrested for these days I would consider that enslavement so what is that illegal now I don't think so right right yeah okay those are good points Thank you. Thanks for calling. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, just so uh, everyone knows, I, I have been uh, reaching out to a lot of different um, uh, groups uh, on the Measure 114. Uh, there are a lot of uh, gun rights groups that are uh, essentially getting ready to descend on Oregon in a pretty big way. Uh, I reached out to the Oregon Firearms Federation. I, worked, I reached out to uh, the Firearms Policy Coalition. Uh, I am not a big... I'll put it this way. I believe people have a right to own guns passionately. I don't own any guns. I'm not that super knowledgeable about it, but I really think that that is when, when that goes, that is a major column that is protecting, you know, our civil liberties in this country. If that starts to fall, we're going to be in a situation like Canada and Australia starting to be where their government feels a lot more comfortable being a lot more tyrannical and physically violent with their citizens when they know they're unarmed. Uh, and I do, and, and I really think it's really important. And I am going to, <laughs> although I'm a little bit late to the party, I do want to eventually rectify my gun ownership, uh, but I, uh, or deficit thereof, but I, um, yeah, I am trying to help uh, get uh, libertarians plugged in with uh, the different rights groups that we should be talking to and uh, volunteering with and, and donating to as they get ready to mount these legal challenges and, and hopefully get a stay in place uh, before it can be implemented in Oregon courts. Because I was talking to uh, Keith from, uh, who's the, I believe he's the head or the chair of the Oregon Firearms Federation. He says like, he's not really worried long-term about us, you know, losing rights to firearms in the state of Oregon, but he says in the short term, this could be absolutely devastating to, uh, you know, firearms-based businesses in the state. It could be, you know, wiped off the map, you know, if we don't get a stay in place soon, uh, they will essentially be put out of, many of them will be put out of business. And it will really, we really want to avoid, you know, any more small businesses getting crushed since, uh, you know, 2020. Yeah, I think that's really good work. You've been working on well and uh, should do that gun deficit thing sooner rather than later, as it looks like it's going to be much harder soon to own a gun. Even in the old system, like I just had a misdemeanor on my record from uh, when I was a kid and I, it took me six months to get a gun, although it was 2020. So that's crazy. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I am working on that. Uh, I do have a compound bow and a sword. And one time I, I saw a comedian make a joke saying, like, uh, you know, those libertarians, I don't know much about them, but I know every one, single one of them has a sword. And I felt like, that's, yeah. damn you. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> or maybe, hell yeah. Anyway, at least I did. But, uh, yeah, so if I if I it comes down to it, I can go medieval, but uh, it's probably better to own a modern firearm eventually. <laughs> uh, anyway, I I'm getting to a uh, point in my trip home where I'm going to be experiencing some uh, bad reception, so I'm probably going to wrap it up around here. Uh, did you want to add anything, Peter? Yeah, I just wanted a one or two things I wanted to add real quick. Uh, sure, I sure, think if you're 
we could talk next episode about whether even elections were on the up and up completely and there's no fraud, whether or not they're legitimate. I don't think that they are because I don't think that 52% of the population can dictate what the other 48%'s rights are. But I will say that I had a tweet um, yesterday that got a good amount of traction that was um, – the case for national divorce is strong. National divorce is stronger today than it ever has been, and I think that everyone upset about the results of this election, whether you're a Republican, whether you're Libertarian, or whether you're a Democrat, should realize that separation into smaller countries is really the only solution and the only way out of this, and also the only one that doesn't result in a civil war. Yeah, you know, I I don't want other people to get hurt mangled in a brutal civil war like I, I I think that we're still I think a little bit a ways away from that but like it's it's not impossible I know that you know there were some political factions in downtown Portland that you know they, they tried to get that started you know between the Proud Boys and Antifa and there were actually there was actually at least one pretty serious political you know cut and dried political killing that happened uh, in the last couple of years in downtown Portland but uh yeah, I don't want it to go that way, and I think that's the most peaceful route is, you know, saying, hey, we have irreconcilable differences, let's go our separate ways in peace, and, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know, yeah, I'm, of course, in complete agreement with that, so, uh, All right, yeah. well, um, I guess we'll probably cover this again next time, maybe, because, um, we can hear each other a little bit more, but, yeah, I think that's probably a good place to wrap, Will. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much, Peter, for coming on. Thank you, Maury, for coming on. By the way, uh, Maury uh, is uh, a member of the Public Policy Board, and he's doing some really great uh, help volunteering and getting, uh, and so is Peter, too. He's also on the, the, the Public Policy Board, getting uh, our message out to uh, the state, uh, getting the opinions of libertarians more mainstreamed uh, in our uh, state political discussion. And I really appreciate that. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, I'll talk to you guys. We'll talk to you guys uh, next week. Um, we'll hopefully I'll have on a fun guest or two. And yeah, we'll keep this going. And either way, even if you're depressed with the political outcome that happened this week, just remember there's always agorism. Hell yeah. All right.